Okay, fantastic. Well, ladies, I do encourage you, if you are visiting here for the first time, to fill out your details. And you know what? Connection is important in life because we were never meant to do life alone. And uh, it's very, we can struggle a lot and we can miss out on a lot when we're isolated. And you know, sometimes, you know, when you're older, your family move away and you find that you're a little bit left alone. And this kind of environment is a great environment for you to connect with other women that are on a journey called life like you, that can encourage you along the way. And you know, sometimes when you're in circumstances, you can feel quite odd. You can think you're the only person going through it. But you know what? We all experience some of the same trials. And that's why when we come together, we can encourage one another. So I do really encourage you if you've not done this before. And you know, you have a preference here. You can put on choice of contact. If you'd rather be contacted through telephone or email, you can put either or. And uh, it's not an invasion of your space, but it's just to reach out to you with love and to make you feel wanted and part of the bigger picture in life. Amen? So I really encourage you to get involved and get connected to your local church and these amazing women here. Well, it is lovely to be with you. I've, we've known Vicky and Barry for many, many years. Uh, I think the last time I was uh, in Warrington with Erin, my kids were just toddlers then. They were just, because I could tell them what to do. So that's how I know they were toddlers. And uh, actually my oldest, it's his birthday today. And we were supposed to go out for a family meal tonight, but I canceled it because I was coming here. So we're celebrating it tomorrow, yeah. And uh, it's a joy and a pleasure to serve the house of God. And you can count it the sacrifice if you want, but if you're all in, it'll never be a sacrifice. It'll be a joy and a pleasure. Trust me, that's a mind shift that you grow into. And um, so I am excited about being here. Thank you for the invite. And, um, you know, I've been praying, and when Vicky asked me if I would come and share, I don't just pick one thing out, no, that'll do. I wanted to bring something that was specifically designed for you. For you at this time, you in this moment of life, and there was many things I could think about, but one of the, I'm going to talk about an amazing young woman in the Bible, and there's, there are lots of amazing women in the Bible of all ages, and God intends to use every single one of us, not just because we're young, not just because we're talented or we have an education with a degree or we live in a big, nice house and drive a big, nice, sweet car. No, God wants to use all of us because he died for all of us. And uh, he has no preference one over another. And uh, that's the amazing thing about our Heavenly Father, isn't it? He's incredible. He loves us all equally. But you know, God has got something special for every woman. And you look in the Bible and you see the different ways that God used women and he, he spoke through women. And you know, the first evangelists in the New Testament church were women. They rocked up at the tomb and it was rolled away. Then they went and told everybody, he's not dead, he's alive. That sounds like the gospel to me. I'm like, come on, Jesus, bring it on. Bring the girls forward. So, you know, God has got a purpose and a mission for each one of us. And uh, the woman I want to talk about tonight was a young girl, and she had a very difficult background. She didn't have it easy. She was an orphan. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever mention a mother. It only mentions a cousin that decided he was going to look after her, and he was going to take her under his wing. And she was only 15, so she was in a very, you know, difficult age maybe where she's making life choices. And, um, but you know, God had a plan for her life even when she didn't realize it. Yeah. And many a time, 
I've been a Christian for 32, 34 years now. And I, I look back now, and it's only looking back to I realize what God had planned. You know, we have dreams and we make our own plans. The Bible says man plans his way, but God directs his steps. And that's a good thing to do. But in all of it, in all of it, we must be led by the Holy Spirit and do what God wants. And uh, we see everywhere on Instagram and social media now living the dream. For most people, behind that Instagram, it's a nightmare. Because yeah. it costs them everything and they're still not happy. Yeah. So you know what? God wants us to live his dream, yeah. not our dream. And, uh, and when we live his dream, we don't always realize we're in the dream because it doesn't feel like a dream. Think about Joseph. God gave him a dream that he would stand and all these sheaves would bow down and he would be standing there ruling over them. But you know what? That dream, do you know how that unfolded? He started off in the pit. Didn't talk about that bit of the dream, did he? Then he went to the palace and got accused and had to run of adultery. Didn't talk about that bit of the dream, did he? And sometimes, you know, we think that what God has called us to do and to be and how to serve him, it's always going to be easy. It's always going to fall into place. But I want to tell you, it's a walk of faith and it's a life of love. And if we commit to that, just them two things, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. One of the key things I've learned in life is keep it simple because life is complicated. <laughs> so just keep it simple, and you'll figure it out with the help of God. Anyway, this young woman I'm going to talk about tonight, you'll have heard stories about her before, I'm sure. But um, as I studied her, again, as I've studied her over the years, God really started to bring different things out to me. And uh, this young lady is called Ruth. and uh, Sorry, called Esther. And Esther, like I said, was only 15. And let's, in, in the book of Esther, let's go to the book of Esther. In Esther, verse, chapter 2, verse 7, I'll pick out a few scriptures. I will not have time to read the whole story to you. But I do encourage you, if you do have a Bible to read, find Esther, it's in the book of the Old Testament. Read 2, 3, and 4, the chapters, over this next few days. And let God just continue to speak to you after tonight. In Esther 2, verse 7, it says this. So we talked about how she's been orphaned and her cousin Mordecai decides he's going to look after her, right? So in verse 7, Mordecai was the legal guardian of his cousin, Hadasha. She had two names, Hadasha and Esther. We know her as Esther. have two different meanings. Because she didn't have a father or a mother, the young woman had a beautiful figure and was extremely good-looking. When her father and her mother died, Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter. When the king's command and edit became public knowledge, many young women gathered at the fortress of Susa under Hegai's care. Esther was also taken to the palace under the care of Hegai, which was one of the rulers with the king, who was in charge of the women. Go down to verse 12. During the year before each young woman, young woman's turn to go to the king, she would be in the harem. The regulation would require her to receive, listen to this girls, receive beauty treatments with oil and myrrh for six months and then after that, perfumes and cosmetics for another six months. So she basically was allowed to live in a spa for 12 months. <laughs> what a dream. Yes, Lord, sign me up for that. So 
What's happening here is that the king needed a new queen. And what would happen, they would collect all the young virgins from the areas around and they would take them to the king's palace and they would put them in his harem, which is this special place like a spy. And just imagine kind of Turkish baths and, you know, steamy towels and, oh, yeah, I'm dreaming now. And um, she would be taken there and all these young women would be taken there and they would be, they would be loved on and they would be cared for and, and they would have a special diet. They wouldn't have to lift a finger. They wouldn't have to cook. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, and uh, they wouldn't have to cook, and they would be there, and they would get special treatment, and the whole idea of all of that was to prepare them for one day that they would be presented before the king. So he was picky, wasn't he? Let me tell you, the king of kings, he was picky about you. You're not just here by chance, and you didn't just stumble on Jesus. The king of kings is very picky about you. You were chosen of him. So here we see that she's in this harem and she's getting all this special treatment. And Mordecai had positioned her there. She was a Jew and she had to keep that quiet because they were against the Jews. So she was at a time where the king allowed the Jewish people to return back to their homeland. But she couldn't let anybody know that she was a Jew. So she was in this palace in a pretense, if you like. She was in this place where she had a secret. I wonder how many of us have got secrets. Secrets, and we're carrying them around with us. Let me tell you that God wants to heal you and deliver you from the fear of a secret that is holding you captive in bondage to any fear and any anxiety. And we're going to see that in this young woman's life. So she had all this beauty treatment. The decree had gone out that all the virgins should come. They stretched from India to Ethiopia. There were some 127 provinces that they brought these women from. And this young girl, Esther, found herself there. She was there for 12 months and having all this beauty treatment. And then she was going to be presented for the king. Beautiful. So you know what? You can imagine just what she would have been like. It already said she looked beautiful. So having all that preparation... But you know what? There came a time where the governor had created a problem. Her, her cousin, Mordecai, would not bow down to him. It's really funny if you read it in chapter 4. It says that he would come in. He was one of the king's governments, go, governors, this gentleman. And he would come in and, and the king had decreed that everyone had to bow down for this governor, but Mordecai wouldn't do it. And it says only Mordecai wouldn't do it. But in response to that, the governor had convinced the king to kill the whole Jewish nation just because of one man would not bow down to him. So that was the situation. So the Jewish people were at threat. Their whole company of people was about to be annihilated. There was about to be genocide. And Mordecai, in chapter 4, let's have a look, going on to the story. I'll give you a bit of backdrop and then we'll get into the key things that I want to bring in chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all that had occurred, which is the deal that the governor had made with the king to kill all the Jewish people, Mordecai's a Jew, Esther's a Jew, nobody knows it. But what had happened was Mordecai put on sackcloth and ashes. That would have been a sign that they were in mourning, that they were in grief. He went into the middle of the city and cried loudly and bitterly. 
He only went as far as the king's gate since the law prohibited anyone wearing sackcloth from entering the king's gate. There was great mourning among the Jewish people in every province where the king's command and edict came. They fasted, they wept and lamented, and many lay on sackcloth and ashes. Esther, Esther's female servants came and reported the news to her, and the queen was overcome with fear. She sent Kozai for Mordecai to wear so he could take off the sackcloth, but he did not accept them. Very interesting. Let's go over to verse 14. So chapter 4, verse 14 now. This is Mordecai speaking to Esther, and a lot of us will be familiar with this portion of Scripture. If you keep silent at a time... If you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will not come to the Jewish people for another place, but you and your father's house will be destroyed. Who knows, perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go, assemble all the Jews who came, be found in Susa, and fast for me. Don't eat or drink three days or days and nights, and I and my female servants will also fast in the same way. After that, I will go to the king. Listen to this. Even although it's against the law, you were only allowed to go to the king if you were invited. You were not allowed to invite yourself. But she says, I will go to the king. And I love this. She said, if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went and did everything Esther had him ordered to do. And then on the third day, Esther went before the king. She took herself there. Now, there are lots of incredible things in this portion of scripture. You see, the incredible thing about Esther was this. She was brought to the place that she became very comfortable in. And you know what? I want to tell you tonight, ladies, God wants you to be comfortable with uncomfortable. Because comfortability and being comfortable, right, is an enemy of vision. It's an enemy of vision. And many times God is trying to take us to a place or God is trying to bring us to a situation where we will stand in the gap for the sake of others and God wants us to rise up from our comfortable. He wants us to rise up from our familiar. And unless we rise up from our comfortable and we rise up from our familiar, the people will not be saved. The nation will not be delivered. God's answer will not go throughout the earth because we've decided we are going to remain comfortable when God needs us to be uncomfortable. Get used to it. It's the way he works. Because God is always taking us forward. There is always more. The best is yet to come. We sing it. We need to believe it. The best is yet to come. But we have to position ourselves to, uh, to embrace the more that God has for us. So here we see that Mordecai comes to Esther and they're in, a big, they're in big trouble. They're in big trouble. The Jewish nation, the people, there's going to be genocide. They're going to kill every man, woman, and child just simply because Mordecai would not bow his knee to God's general. They were going to pay the price for that. And Mordecai, he's standing there outside the court and he's got his sackcloth and ashes and he's mourning. The interesting thing is that when, it, when the report of how he is and what he is doing and where he is comes to Esther, her first response is, go out there, get that Versace suit, will you? 
tell him to get that sackcloth and ashes off and tell him to put that suit on. You see, when you're in a place of comfortable and challenge comes, usually our default button is, I don't really want to move from where I am because I'm just getting myself comfortable. I'm just getting things sorted out. My life's just in order. The kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing. The husband's walking the dog. The dinner's made. Don't disturb my comfortable, please. And you see here, although Esther had received the message of a need for her people, her first thought was her comfort. And that is the challenge for all of us, that we do not default to what is good for us, but we consider the need of others above that. You are well able to go in and possess the land. Not, Not you just might, you, ju- you just, you know, let's hope and wish and, you know, even pray that we will. No, the Bible said you are well able to go in and possess the land. God is with you. His army is fighting for you. So Esther had two names, Hadassah and Esther. Esther means hidden, and she was hidden in the palace in the harem. Hadassah means myrtle, which is a plant producing fragrance only when its seeds are crushed. And here we're going to see in this story of Esther that as she was crushed, as she was perplexed, as she was pushed and pressured and felt under pressure to move, then the fragrance of her life started to manifest itself. And many a time, that is the only time that the fragrance of your life is going to come forth when you are crushed. There is a fragrance coming forth out of the crushing in your life. Don't despise it. God is doing something wonderful. You see, we're not always aware. It's like perfume, girls, isn't it? When you buy a bottle of perfume and you wear it, you can't smell it on yourself because you wear it all the time. But somebody will hug you and say, oh, you smell lovely. What perfume are you wearing? Well, it's a bit like that when you're crushed and that fragrance is coming off your life. Because it's coming off you, you can't smell it, but everybody else can. Everybody else can smell what God is doing in your life. The beauty that is coming forth. You're not aware of it, but the people around you are. You think you're not impacting people? You are. You think you're not encouraging people? You are. You think you're not a blessing? I'm here to tell you, you are. You think that you are not loved? I'm here to tell you, you are. You think you're not special? You are. You think you're not significant? It's a lie? You are. Every joint supplies, we all matter, we all count. God has got a plan for every single person's life. And you have a significant part to play in it. He's this little young girl that's been hidden away in a palace, hiding a secret, yet God is pointing her out. God is pointing her out. He's like, where's my Esther? Where's Esther? Yeah. She had no idea at 15 that she was going to be responsible for setting a whole nation free. 15. Incredible. So here we see the two names that she had and the significant because they're descriptive of her life. So Esther's background, orphan, Mordecai, her cousin, he's standing there and she's saying, Mordecai, for goodness sake, will you stop embarrassing me? Will you get that sackcloth and ashes off and get that suit on? It's like, actually, will you just be quiet? You're cramping my style here. 
What a contrast. She's been beautified for 12 months and he's standing there looking like a pile of ashes. <laughs> he's like, he's not my family. Have you got one of them in your family? Like, yeah, no, I don't know them. Secret cousin, I don't know. But you know what? It's telling us something about Esther. Maybe her response was, because it was a response out of comfort, maybe it was a response out of fear. What can I do? What could I possibly do that could change that? Mordecai, will you be quiet? Because who am I? Who am I to go before the king? Who am I with all these other women here in this harem? Who am I that I'm someone special? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I'm not special. Who am I? You're a daughter of the king. You're called of him. You know what? I'll just give you a little revelation I've been thinking about so far this year. I've known this scripture for many years, but I've just really had it open up to me this year. You know, we put our hand up for salvation because the Bible teaches us to respond to the word through prayer. And when we acknowledge and we believe and we confess, then we shall be saved. So we come to this place where we pray what we call as Christians a prayer of salvation. At that point in life, we think we chose God. Let me tell you something. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. At that point, you just came to a place of awareness that you were chosen. And you know what? That's what's happening here with Esther. She is just coming to the place, to the point where she's aware that God has chosen her. She's awakening. Mordecai is awakening her because of how he's behaving and how he's looking. And you know what? When we're awakened, we have a decision to make. We have choices to make. What are we going to do? What are we going to do when we are awakened to the call of God? What are we going to do when we are awakened to the need of people? What are we going to do when we are awakened to the fact that we can be a light in this community and we can change it forever? Because we have an answer and his name is Jesus. What are we going to do when we have that awareness? Are we going to sit in our comfortable or are we going to decide like this young girl did, rise up, rise up in courage, rise up and know that she is in a position that she can do something that can change the situation. God's looking for women that will rise up today and say, count me in, count me in, whatever it takes, however long it takes. God, I'm yours. I'm not going back. I'm not looking back. I'm not going to look to the left nor to the right. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. I'm going to serve him. Good day, bad day, in, out, hot, cold. I'm going to serve you, Jesus. I'm going to love you, Jesus. I'm going to talk to people about you, Jesus. I'm going to worship you, Jesus. You know what? I'm just going to be one of these people. I'm absolutely a Jesus freak. I make no apology for it because through him, I have eternal life. I'm going to heaven. I'm free from hell. I'm free from sickness. I'm full of joy. I'm full of hope and full of strength that is the kind of women that God wants you to be because that is actually who you are when heaven looks down that's what they see some of us have to get a different vision of ourselves and start seeing ourselves like God sees us we've got to start seeing ourselves through the light of the truth of the word. So here we see, she is now aware of a need. And she's quite aware of the fact the position she's in is very privileged. 
She has privileges. God wants us to understand that we have privileges, that he has positioned us. That job that you're in, that you just think, oh, Monday's coming and I have to go back to work. Right? That job you prayed for, that you believe for, that you ask God for, yeah, that job I'm talking about, we've got to learn to rejoice in that place and not regret it. We've got to learn to be strong in wherever we find ourselves. It's a decision. It's a simple decision. The decision's simple, the journey's difficult. If everybody told you life's easy, they lied to you. <laughs> don't hang around with them, don't believe another word they say. Okay, life isn't easy, it's difficult. But praise God, with Jesus we'll make it. Amen? Amen. So we've got to understand that God has positioned us God wants us to rise up in courage. God wants us to rise up out of comfortable. He wants us to rise up beyond ourselves, beyond what matters to us. And he wants us to rise up and see what he has given us and what he is bringing us to and who he is bringing us to. We are safe for a purpose. You have a destiny. God has a destiny for your life. So Esther was in this palace and in this place that she had been made to feel comfortable let me just tell you this, just a little word of warning, right? Be careful if you've got friends that all they're ever concerned about with is being comfortable because yeah. they're never going to take you anywhere. Yeah. They're never going to take you forward. You're never going to fulfill the call that God has got on your life because you will get distracted trying to maintain that comfortable. Right. Yeah. I watch people do it all the time. You see, if you want to serve God... And you can ask any lady in here that is committed to serving God and building the house. Yeah. You are going to have to sacrifice. Yeah. But you know what? It's an absolute pleasure when you know Jesus. Yeah. You know, the Bible never taught us, take up your handbag and follow me. <laughs> it says, take up your cross. Yeah. Take up your cross. Amen. So praise God, we can do it, girls. God has got a great plan for our life. God can give us courage. If we haven't got courage, we can ask him for it. He says, ask and I will do it. Ask me, I dare you. And tonight, girls, I dare you to ask God for things you've never dared ask him for before. I dare you to ask God to position you in a place you've never, you know, God's dream for your life is a lot, lot bigger than yours. So you'll never out-ask him. So I dare you to start asking God for big things, for mighty things, things that you think, well, you know what, if anybody heard me, they'd think I'm mad because I'm, I'm a kind of girl that likes to stay in the back, but really, if I had no fear and I had no worry and I wasn't self-conscious and I didn't care what people thought about me, what would you ask God for? Yeah. What would you ask God to make you do? That's the kind of things we need to be asking God, amen? And God will fill in all the gaps. She was made aware of how serious the situation was becoming and the scripture tells us her heart was awakened. Her first response was to shut it down. Shut Mordecai down. Get him out of that inner court, drag him out if you have to, before anybody sees him. But you know what? I loved Mordecai. I loved his, he's my kind of man, Mordecai. He says, I will not put that garment on. Uh, girls, I don't know what garments people have been trying to put on you, but that is exactly the response you need to give yeah. to some of them. Yeah. I will not put that garment on. I will not wear that insecurity. I will not wear that fear. 
I will not wear that doubt any longer. I will not wear that bitterness. I will not wear that unforgiveness. I am dressed in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm putting on. For some of us, there are some things we have to decide we are not putting on. Maybe it's the habits. Maybe it's old habits that the enemy keeps coming and bringing back to you and tempting you to start that thing up again. I don't know. It might be out of control spending. Not many people talk about that. It might be out of control addiction to Facebook and social media because that's where you get your security form. But unfortunately, when you go on it, you feel more insecure when you come off it. Because everybody just puts all the bestest out there. You know, I know somebody. This, this is how I measure it. I am not against social media. I use Instagram. I don't use Facebook. I never have because I'd be a rubbish friend. I would never speak to you. <laughs> I, would, I would never respond to you because I'm that busy. I just think, oh, I would just send all the wrong messages. They would think I'm not interested when I am. I just haven't got the time. So I do Instagram and because uh, it's quick and it's accurate and it's to the point. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. But you know what? I know, I actually personally know someone, they actually live the dream. This is what is it? I'm living the dream, okay? And they put these fantastic pictures up. They live in another part of the world. They moved there. They upsticked themselves. They took themselves away with all the family, left all the family behind, right? And the same girl who puts these amazing, I'm living the dream, and this is amazing, has to have counseling because she's that homesick. So she has a psychologist during the week. But on Saturday and Sunday, She's putting the sunny pictures up. <laughs> just a little thought. The next time you go on Instagram, just bear that in mind, eh? Because that's a little bit more balanced, isn't it? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. So you see, Esther had been awakened. And Mordecai refused to cover up the situation. And sometimes the best thing we can do for ourselves and for other people is stop trying to cover up the problem yeah. and deal with it. There are ways to deal with things, though. You know, people say, well, you know, I'm just speaking the truth. Yeah, but where's the love? The Bible says, speak the truth in love. (laughs) So we have to be careful how we speak to one another because we're supposed to speak the truth in love. Love has no rights of its own. Wow. That's a hard one. So let's be mindful of that. So Esther, she wanted to cover him up. He refused. We have to be aware of the bigger picture. Mordecai was. He was aware of the situation. He was aware of the seriousness of it. And Esther's like, just settle down. Don't get too excited. You know, I know you go to church on Sunday morning, but don't go to a second service. I mean, just settle yourself down. I mean, I know you go to church on a Sunday and you serve, but, but don't go and serve on a Friday when they want to do a girls' meeting. Just settle yourself down. You're getting a little bit excited you using all that energy. Oh, I, I, I know you want to do that, and I know you want to bring that incentive, and oh, I know you've got a dream to give like that financially and bless the church, but, but just settle yourself down, girl. You're getting carried away with yourself. That's what Esther was trying to do with Mordecai. Just settle down. But you know what? The situation wasn't going to go away. Be careful how settled down you get. It can cause you to fall asleep. Little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms, the Bible says, and suddenly poverty comes on us. And it's not just talking about financially. It's talking about everywhere. Friendship, relationship, church life finances, jobs, 
So let's not be found sleeping. Let's not be found too comfortable. Let's rise up and accept being comfortable with uncomfortable. Let God prod you a little bit so you're a bit like, ow. So you aren't in church like that because he's supporting you at the side rather than walking in thinking, well, I can just do what I like. I can take it or leave it. God wants us to be deliberate about how we live. Esther had a choice to make. Do I settle down or do I do something? And girls, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. We all have choices to make every day. God wants to know, are you just going to settle down? Are you just going to be a consumer in the house? Or are you going to be a contributor? Are you going to come and watch the few build? Or are you going to come and help build? Are you going to, you know, you might, you might not be great with a trowel, but you might be fantastic with a paintbrush. You, you might not be great singing, but you might be great putting envelopes on chairs. You might not be great at doing that, but you might be, have the most fantastic smile in the room so that when you serve the tea and coffee and you give it to someone, they remember you that day because you're the best thing that happened to them that day. See, God has put something in all of us to contribute to build to build I love building physically I love building physically naturally I was telling Vicky if we'd have been given this building I'd be here all night with a paintbrush I'd be dreaming about which wall I could paint next I am like Bob the builder when the men start getting the tools out <laughs> and uh, I decorate all our house I design all our garden I do all of that I love it I love it and you know what I love more than anything is building the house of God because it's built up of people and people matter I said people matter there's nothing on this planet matters to God more than people and that's why we do this because you matter your situations matter the battles that you're fighting matter to us we care about you that's why we want to bring something to you that might help you and encourage you to keep going on, to keep standing, haven't done all standing, to keep fighting so that in order that you will win, God has got a great life ahead for you, but you've got to stay on the path. Don't jump off the bus. Keep going because you're about to arrive to your destination. Here we see that she decided she was going to do something. No one I said, no one has ever accomplished anything exceptional from the place of comfort. And God has got some exceptional things he wants to do here. And that is why he's asking you tonight, will you rise up? Will you rise up in him and be that woman of courage and take your place in the house? Take your place in the kingdom of God. Take your place in his kingdom. In his kingdom, not the king's kingdom, in his kingdom. He said, I'll give you beauty for ashes. You see, when a person rises up to the call on their life, there is so much that can be accomplished. Mordecai refused to wear what Esther sent. Thank God that he stood up for what he believed in because it motivated her to do what God had put on her life. And we need some people that are not prepared to compromise. We need some people that are not prepared to bow to what the enemy wants to do, that he can have his way. We need some women that will stand and say, we will not be defeated, we will not give up, we are pressing forward and we are pursuing. He didn't want to fit in. I love this about Mordecai. He didn't want to fit in girls. He wanted to stand out. 
He wanted to stand out and God wants us to stand out for him. Esther finally couldn't stay silent any longer. The awakening in her heart got to her and she thought, you know what, I'm in a privileged position. And I believe there are people here tonight, you're in a privileged position. And I'm praying to God that you have been so stirred up that you would decide I'm going to rise up, I'm going to stand up, and I can't stay silent any longer. I need to get out of me what God has put in me. I need to bring it in the house. I need to submit to the house, to the leadership that is in the house, to come under that and allow myself to flourish with the leadership that God has set over me so that I can be everything that he intended me to be because that's how it works that's how it works God wants us as we serve one another you see we are getting greater all the time it's not as we're serving ourselves it's as we're serving one another we are getting greater all the time so Esther rose up the awareness in her heart she couldn't stay quiet any longer sometimes we don't even realize that God has positioned us for purpose in that job, in that family, in that home. You might be the saving grace for a person's life. You might be the deciding factor whether that person goes to heaven or whether they go to hell. That's how important you are. How significant is that? I'm telling you girls, God has got a great plan for your life. Esther went in in 4-7 and she said this after she toiled with herself and she wrestled she asked her maids to pray she asked Mordecai the Jewish people to pray and fast she said you pray we'll pray we'll all pray prayer's going to change something you see they went to God they needed him we need him we can't do it on our own we weren't designed to do it on our own so they went to God and they prayed and then what happened Esther in chapter 4 verse 17 she says, I'm going to go before the king. If I perish, I perish. Will you be that kind of girl tonight? That you will make the decision once and for all. I'm going to serve the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my life. And I will do it even if I perish. I'll perish. Are you going to be that kind of determination? Are you going to have that kind of outlook? Let me tell you, when you make a decision to step in like that, God steps up in your life because when you're all in so is he so is he that's where we'll meet him so she was committed God wants us to be committed you see sometimes we've got to make that decision once and for all once and for all to be all in you know it's like well I'm not all in because it suits me and it makes me feel good and I like this and you know I'm getting to do what I want God's not looking for that in us God's just looking for us to say yes for anything. Will you clean the toilets? Yes. Will you put the chairs out? Yes. Will you preach? Yes. I do all of that. At church the other Sunday, I was in the cleaning the toilets and one of the girls came in and went to me, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing that. So I stood there with my brush. I said, listen, if somebody gets saved tonight, this is good. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, save somebody because I'm prepared to clean the toilets. You see, I've decided I'm going to do whatever it takes because I'm going to win the fight. And I'm going to win people to Jesus because he is the answer for them today. Hallelujah. So girls, it's time for some of us, for some of you, 
I don't know what people have said in your life. I don't know what people have spoke over you. I don't know how, how you feel, how your courage has been robbed. But tonight, I want you to make a decision. Do you know what, Maria? Do you know what, Maria? I've had a lot of rubbish in my life. I've had a lot of negative things said to me. I've had a lot of bad things spoke over me. But you know what? Above all of that, I remember what Jesus said. I'm special to him. He's chosen me. He's called me by name. So this is my day that I'm going to rise up and I'm going to be the woman of God that he has purposed me to, for me to be. Because who knows? I might have been called for such a time as this. You might have been called to set a nation free. You might be the woman that's going to set your neighborhood free, set the community free, set your work colleagues free. You, yes, you. Yes, little you. Little you that just on that computer. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. God has put his hand on you to do something mighty for him. Amen. So are we going to rise up? Are we going to serve him? Hallelujah. Stand at your feet. Stand at your feet, everyone. Before we dismiss the service tonight, before we sing our last song, just close your eyes a moment. Because you know what? It's all right here in the Word, but it's a conversation. It's only a conversation when we respond to what we've, what's been said. And tonight we need to respond to what God has said to us. So in your heart at the moment, take a moment, just just a minute to say, you know what, God, that's me. I've getting distracted or I've looked and I've getting too comfortable or I've getting scared. I've looked at Mordecai and thought, I can't do that, Mordecai. Change what you're wearing. Lord, that's been me. But tonight I've decided I'm going to be the woman of God. I'm going to rise up. I understand I've been called for such a time as this. The hand of God is on my life. It's always been on my life. I haven't seen it, but Lord, awaken my heart to the fact that you are with me and I can do all things through Christ because he is strengthening me today. Make that commitment to God today. Just take a minute and tell God what you need to tell him. Maybe you need to ask God to forgive you for getting too comfortable and getting your eyes off the vision that he has for your life here in Hope Church. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight. There are many Esthers in this room. Life changing moments for women. God, you put out your hand on some of these women to do mighty acts in the name of Jesus. You've, God, put an anointing over their lives to set many people free and bring them into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. I pray, Lord, for an awakening in their hearts. I pray, God, for an enlightenment to come, Lord, in their minds that they can see the hope of your glory and your calling upon their life. Thank you, Jesus. We receive your anointing, Lord. We receive the mandate that we are chosen by you. That you have positioned us, Lord, where we are to do good for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, out of respect for the girls that are around you, I want to ask this question. Do you know him? Do you know this Jesus I've been talking about? This person that can set your life free and strengthen you and bring courage and hope and peace into every situation of your life that can give you a confidence that you're left here today, you will be going to heaven to meet your maker? Do you know him? The Bible says if we pray, And when we pray, if we acknowledge and we believe and we confess that he is Lord, we shall be saved. It's as simple as that to receive Jesus as your saviour. I want to ask you tonight, if you haven't made that commitment yet in your life, or you're not sure 
that you've made that commitment, that you know you belong to God, I want you to do one simple thing for me because I would love to pray a prayer over you tonight. I want you to slip your hand up for me so I can see it. I'm going to pray a prayer over us all. You can put it straight back down after you've put it up. I don't know everybody here. I see that hand. That's beautiful. Is there anybody else? Yes, I see that hand as well. You can put your hand back down after. Come on, ladies, step into the fullness of what God has got for your life. God is calling you to better things. I see that hand. That's fantastic. You can put that down. Is there anybody else before we dismiss? You know, God, he's called you by name. He knows your circumstances. He knows your cares. And he says, give them to me and I'll carry them for you. You don't need to be burdened anymore. I'm your savior. Is there anybody else tonight? I want to pray this prayer of salvation so you know that you belong to God through salvation in Christ. Is there anybody? else I see the hand there somebody else is there anybody else before I pray anybody else I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to pray put your hand up with the time I've counted to three and then we're going to pray one is there anybody else I don't want to leave any of you out girls this is a moment of your life that will change forever two hallelujah see that hand you can put that hand down God has called you for such a time as this Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for doing a wonderful work over these wonderful girls. Hallelujah. Three. Is there anybody else before I pray? Amazing. Girls, you're amazing. You're fantastic. You're special. You're significant. God loves you. Jesus died for you. We're going to pray this prayer of salvation, all of us together, repeat it after me. We're going to pray it on behalf and for the sake of all those that put their hands up. Use girls that put your hands up tonight. I want you to pray it with all of you, Gusta. I want you to step in and believe that what we pray is the truth. Open your heart and just receive Jesus as you pray, as your Lord and Savior. We're going to pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I need Jesus as a saviour. I believe that he has chosen me. So Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Make my life anew. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I confess that you are Lord. I am now born again. I now belong to you. I am free from the past and I am free by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, to serve you today and in the future. Thank you, Lord. I belong to you and you belong to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, girls, let's give them girls a clap tonight. Fantastic. All you girls that put your hands up, well done. Rising up, being courageous. If you want to talk to me after the service or Vicky or any of the girls at the front, come and see us. We would love to pray for you. We would love to answer any questions and have a coffee with you. God bless you all. Thank you for having me. God bless you. Thank you.